There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. I am ready to record. Hit the record button, man. Oh, did I push it? Oh, I'm pushing the record button. Ugh. Oh, so much energy to push it. No. Oh. Are we? So we're recording. Yeah. All right. Can we just start the show then? Oh, yes, now we can. <laughs> Welcome to Side Stories, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That's Henry Zabrowski. He's pushing the record button. I'm technically at the end of a bender right now. Oh, you are, huh? Yeah, because I went to ELO, uh-huh. and I haven't come down from space since then, bro. Yeah, that, that's, that's the Electric Light Orchestra. Yeah, buddy. It that's is wild. called, otherwise known as Stepdad Central. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, it's an older band, huh? There's so many guys named Greg there that are just plowing your mom because well, it's their third marriage and they don't care anymore. And so now they're, they're mm-hmm. doing a lot of asshole stuff on both sides. They've learned a lot from the new magazines. They're, they found out about Tumblr. They got toys Uh-oh. for men now. Yep. Well, that's what happens when your father has to become Santa Claus because he murders the original Santa Claus. We've all seen the movie, folks. We know what happens. And then yes. Judge Reinhold moves in, and then she's sexually excited by Judge Reinhold all right. well, instead he- of Tim Allen. You mean well, tell me the man, the king of men who made barking a national <laughs> pastime. That was a punchline. Yeah. It, he, uh, it absolutely crushed. Uh, yeah, Tim uh, Allen was a prescient member of society. Yeah. Because now it's like, because I would even say he predates sort of an Elon Musk, sure. sort of, follow me on this, Kissel, okay. an Elon Musk idea of the technological advancements of the home and what it would do to the modern domestic nuclear family. Tool Time was the single greatest show inside of a show of any show in the history of shows. To Without- the point that my parents didn't even know that the show was called Home Improvement. Why would you? Why w- Home Improvement sucks. That's what you have to do to avoid the family on Sundays. And then uh, so you go up to the roof and you break a shingle to fix a shingle. But in, in tool time, it's like the toilet's a sofa. Who doesn't log? I mean, it's kind of disgusting. It's a little bit Roman Coliseum-esque, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm trying to really deviate. Like, I'm trying to separate uh, where I shit from where I just normal sit. Right, And that's right. what I've been now saying is normal sit. Like, I don't say sit anymore. <laughs> say normal sit. And then shit really? is just sit. <laughs> really? Uh, well, that, that's good. So now you're normal yeah. sitting. Oh, I hope yes. so anyway. Yeah, well, I guess we'll anytime see. you're doing whatever you're doing. Just you let me know if it, me. if it becomes not a normal set. I'll tell you how you know. You know how you know? Mm-hmm. When I start talking like this. All right. Sounds like you you're can't pushing the record me. button. Disgusting. Um, my goodness. But by the way, we have we have a bunch of animal stories to get to because we've got a new addition to the last podcast family, Puffin. He's actually watching the show right now. I brought my boy to work and he yeah. is very, very cute. He was going to be sold at this big uh it's this Korean dog meat festival. It's like true. They kill over a million dogs a year for every mm-hmm. for this festival, and they were able to save him. So whenever he's bad, I'm gonna tell him you could have been a burrito. And uh he is fat. You know, so. it would not have been a burrito. He would have been, um, I would say, some form of barbecue, one of them sliced yeah, barbecues that you do oh, yourself. Wow. You would, you would have been bambop. Honestly, 
the whole idea really did make me uh, my skin curl. But then I'm remembering what we had at Cena's bachelor party, the Korean barbecue. Any meat mm. would taste good with that sauce. Mm. Love mm. it. So is that why my first reaction to seeing Puffin was like, I'm hungry? No, don't say that about the dog. <laughs> I'm not going to kill the dog. So I we, got a couple of, we got a couple of animal stories to get to today, though, and they, they are not good. Not good. I, I'm very excited that you saved Puffin. Yes. I can see the relief in your eyes. Mm. You obviously, you have a joy, you have a spring in your step that you didn't have before. Before you were a sullen, drunken mess. Sure, But sure. Now, now I have yeah, a dog. Now, you have a reason to live. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Brooke will go. The women go. But mm. the dogs can be kept. Right. Well, I don't know. It's a strange thing to say to a person. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Technically, I guess anyone, anyone that can have a credit card can leave you. Uh, yeah. And Puffin can never have a credit card. Mm-mm. No. So that's true. Mm-mm. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. But nonetheless, nice. well, nonetheless. we have, speaking of leaving, the first little store we have today, it's a little bit old. It's from early July, but we weren't doing a show that that week. Casey Anthony, we have some, uh, well, not so breaking news, but evidently, Henry, she is no longer wearing the ashes of Kaylee around her neck. And this is something right before the trial, I believe, her mother was wearing the Kaylee Anthony um uh, ashes around her neck, and then she gave another necklace to Casey as sort of a morbid bonding moment between yeah. daughter killer and then mom who was grieving. But as a gift, it's like strange. I think you know so. when you get a bad gift because I remember when I, one there was one Christmas when um, I, you know I, I I was a little just like unrepentant little nerd child right for, for until now even continue to be so, mm-hmm. um, but I really wanted bongos. Um, and my, <laughs> Wait, you know, what? Why did you want bongos? I wanted them because, like, honestly, what Polish I would kid eat... growing up in Queens gets inspired to bongo. This was the beginning of my Afrocentric leanings. So when you I were, used to go, this was when you were in college. You requested bongos. Dude, I was like a senior in high school by then. I wanted wow. bongos. Okay, because right. also I'd be great at bongos. Look at me. Bong, 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 yeah, you have cool. the body type fast. of a bongo player. Yeah, my hand. I would be a great bongo. player. I believe it. Little I, hands. Yeah. I can make different sounds with my hands. Look. That's just clap. That's slapping your stomach. That's that's slapping your arms. Here, honestly, honestly how, I've much watched- the, how much of the differences are you picking up on the mic? It's pretty good, actually. That's, that's, you're, you're a human bongo. Yeah. You know, I, so- I actually saw an act like that on America's Got Talent, I think. And I think they moved on to the next round. I don't know if we're very talented as a people any longer. We're not. No, no, absolutely not. And hand bone is not a skill. Oh, okay. So when I got the, I thought at the very end, because, you know, like, I don't, like my parents made a very big emotional deal about the gift giving process of Christmas, which mm. ended up ruining the holiday for the entire family. <laughs> but a part of what they did was that they would wait for the big gift at the very end. And I remember. Right. And there was this box, and this is the bongos were going to be in it, Uh-oh. right? And then I'm all built up, and they're like, here's your box. Oh, I'm going to guess. It up. I'm guessing boxing gloves. Sweatproof pillow. <laughs> <laughs> well, who doesn't want a gift that says we know you sweat at night? So, that's why wow, like what that's a gift for your mother because I'm sure yes. yeah wow sick of watching the pillow sick of watching the pillows but I feel like um Casey probably had that 
same exact reaction where it's like you're on trial for the murder of your own daughter. Right. Um, at this point, you guys are trying to you're trying to decide whether or not you're going to spring the story on them that the father molested you. Right. You're waiting for that. You're waiting for that 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 jump that uh, surprise. Well, now that just uh, happened in real time, right? Like the father, he was yes. just in courtroom, and then like a little chihuahua, his ears just perked up and was like, "Oh, what was that?" They found out like the day before because okay. you know how they get to present the story. They get to find out. So he found out like the day before and he had to sit and think about it the next day and then he got slimed on, uh, on camera in front of the world. Yes. And so, but at the time, I imagine Casey's kind of expecting like, maybe she'd get me a bottle of Makers, maybe like something <laughs> fun because I'm not in jail yet. But instead, yeah. oh, you give me the ashes of my fucking daughter. Hey. Right. Yeah, maybe she, Do you think... I don't think that Casey Anthony is allowed to say, like, you anymore. Like, once you sort of put a little sticker on your daughter's dead mouth and then throw her into the woods, I'm pretty sure keep her in your car uh, for for numerous days. I don't think I mean, you're allowed to be grossed sick. out by anything. She's very, very sick. She's a sick woman. She killed her child. Right. So a part of it is that she did have that sort of distance effect where I think that that was also of it, too. It's, it's like there's something about the, the coldness... Of a Florida hot woman back in her mind where she right. just kind of deleted Kaylee. And so to have more evidence of it, it's like, oh. And so did the mom, did Cindy get Kaylee's ashes back in sort of like a title match? I don't know exactly how that happens. Like the Undertaker's urn type thing. Did Paul Bearer deliver this to her? Or yeah, did they have to get in the ring and scuffle? I have no clue how that whole process goes. And I also don't really trust it. Who says, how do you know if it's the ashes of the person that you want? Or if it's just somebody (laughs) who just has all the ashes of all the bodies in the crematorium and then he just throws them at random people. I I don't trust it. It's such a um, deviation of any sort of trust that, like, I feel like if you do shatter that version of trust, then you literally can never trust a single person to ever do anything ever again. Yeah. Now, apparently, this was uh, the gift was given, Henry, during one of the reconciliations between the two gals. Cindy presented the necklace to her daughter as a gift. And at the time, Casey was living in South Florida with a pastor and his family. How scared were those kids? (laughs) <laughs> That's got to be. You're bringing in Rebecca De Mornay from The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. I mean, you're bringing in the person accused of killing a child. And it's like, oh, we also happen to have a two-year-old. If you get any ideas, we don't really like her that much. If you think, <laughs> Anyway, okay. I honestly think they just knew not to get in the way of she want, if she wanted to go out. Oh, my God. I think God. that like, the kids just understand where if, if Casey, she's like, I'm going out for the night. They're like, Oh, you're going to want to take a little bit of Advil because it'll help your hangover. Here's a water. Um, here's an Uber voucher. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, yeah, really get out there. Really have a great time. You know, make take care of yourself. Have a, have a fun time. Dance a lot. You know, like, uh, bye, bye. Bye. You're not bye. our mommy. And, and Casey, don't forget that Pedialyte that you had for the baby. You could actually take it for your hangover. So it's the, it's yeah. A, yeah, isn't that a, yeah, it's actually kind of a funny thing. <laughs> yeah. I hate Pedialyte. Tastes like pests. Oh, I'm going to kill your cats. Uh-oh. I can do have it fun. anytime I like because I got these. Deadly spider hands. I'll tell you one thing. It's not uh, ever a good reconciliation meeting when the gift exchange of a child's ashes have to be uh, something that takes place. That's never, you know it's a, never good. You know what's a good reconciliation meal? Technically, 
A meal. Bloomin' onion. Oh, well, if you're going to do meal, yeah, bloomin' onion. You would want, if it's a reconciliation meal, you want to have something that has a dip in the middle. And then you all kind of pick from the sides because at some point you're going to go for the dip at the same time. Your chips are going to touch nose to nose. And then you're going to look yeah. at each other and laugh because you both wanted that asparagus dip at the same moment. I actually get uh, I get upset. Artichoke dip. That's what I meant. Why? I get I get upset when the lump I'm looking at gets taken. <laughs> so I think it's actually really important to do. I I, it's it. important to have. Yes, I do believe you, though. I, I, I was kind of being facetious about a Bloomin' Onion because I don't think that's the best reconciliation meal. I think you need a nice Greek meal where you have many different flavor stylings and, again, family style. Because really want. Family style. That's you're what there, I'm saying. It's got to be family style. It's got to be family style. Yeah. Because that's how you feel like your family. Right. Because everybody's sharing from the same plate and everybody gets mad if one person takes more than the other person here to begin with. That might have been. Yeah, I would love to see just an animated series solely around the table, set solely around the table with just you and Jackie. And just there's one, like, potato left i don't know what polish people eat sometimes and it's just you guys trying you to figure know out what it. polish people eat we've eaten together we have ca- stuffed kabaj we have like oh man little poland on second oh, yes and 12th good. street in new york city is delicious and they have a stuffed lamb chop that's just oh and you got rogies and then i don't like borscht though. i don't like cold soup no i don't get cold soup just heat it up i don't think they had the ability to heat the food so they had to just say it's good is that what happened? whatever they just leaned in we just we're all sorts of rustic. It's whatever evil because we were constantly being chased by a certain other race of people. Now, oh, I, right. there's another story I'd like to talk about, which is about this Chinese crime writer okay. named Louis Yongbao. All right, that uh, on July 31st of this year was finally sentenced to death for a cold case where he killed four people within a uh, with an accomplice named Wang uh, in 1995 mm-hmm. where essentially he uh, killed he bludgeoned four people to death okay and the way they finally found him through kind of which is now the new renaissance of using DNA testing in China they found him they narrowed it down to his last name and they found it they ferried him out all the way to like to him specifically they they tricked him into getting a spit. And then they linked him to a cigarette butt that was left there in 1995 when these four people were bludgeoned to death in a cabin. And then the guy went on to write many Chinese books that uh, he's a crime novelist. Really? And he became very, very successful. So in those coming 20 years, he like he just sold a book uh, called uh, The Sick. He just sold a book that uh, was a historical fin- f- fiction and it got turned into a 50 episode television series. So essentially, it's like if George R.R. R. Martin right. ended up like murdering like wholesale murdering four people with fucking hammers. Well, what is so it with co- the the cigarettes and the murder? I mean, everyone's always like uh, Aaron Hernandez. He's chewing gum and killing cigarettes and killing. Uh, you, you gotta, gotta ju- to, you mean, gotta relax. I guess it's very stressful. So, so the, the story books, is the books were bestsellers, though, huh? Yes, he did very well. And the story is that uh, Louis was one of two men who checked into a guest house in the eastern city of Huso in order to rob its guests. Now, this is, I guess, lean times. Okay. Never trust a writer. They spend too long alone. Marcus is the shadow of the writing is starting to make him into sort of like a golem, and I'm afraid of his thoughts. Absolutely. 
Now, when one victim, named as Mr. Yu, fought back against the thieves, they beat him to death. Okay. In order to conceal their crime, the two men are alleged to have murdered the couple who ran the guest house and their 13-year-old grandson. Jeez. Zhu Sencheng, one of the officers involved in the original inquiry, told the paper, a Shanghai-based news website, that the manhunt had gone cold because investigators could find no link between the victims and their killers. This was the most difficult thing. We found it hard to follow the vine all the way to the melon. I, I like the analogy. Those detectives are much more intelligent than our detectives who would never come up with such a beautiful way to describe how their case went cold. But it seems a little bit strange to me that he murdered one and to cover it up, he murdered three more people. It's like when you eat a whole pizza and then you're like, and I better lose some weight. I better eat a lean cuisine. It's you're right. Like, it's just like this. It's just, it's just like, like that. It. Just like that because it's counterproductive. Well, I, I get it. Honestly, so you got to kill everybody. Why did if you you're going to kill, kill one of them, you got to kill everybody because that's you keep a secret for 20 years. Ugh. That's how he was fucking kept. He, he, he kept, he got to clickety click all day long with his private little thoughts. Yeah. He had a fuck ton of money. And then now the, he sat there and apparently when they finally found him, he was sitting on his porch and he said, I've been waiting for you here. All this time. And so he said, don't worry, there's no there's no punishment. He's like, I've already died a thousand deaths. And so now he went. <laughs> and he's, the, he's, the cops were like, no, actually, there is a punishment. We're going to put you in the prison. You know, that whole prison system. Oh, yeah. Oh, check, please. Uh Oh, but no, he went and he. Uh, yeah. So now he's uh, he's been sentenced to death. Wow. Uh, but it's, there's something about authors. Because he went ahead and he wanted so so essentially as he wrote this so the the kicker was he had pitched a book in the intro of his last book. Now what's saying, the name I, of it? Was the, what is it called? If I did it, the book was called "The Beautiful Writer Who Killed." Get out um, of and, here! Yep, that is the name <laughs> of the book, and it was supposed to be about a beautiful woman. That uh, would go on to murder, who was an author, that would murder a bunch of people and get away with it and then write a bunch of books about it. So at some point, his publisher just writes the, in the email back being like, so like, you're, like, you're the woman, right? Like, you, you're you're really into the killing of these people. Uh, <laughs> so that Too clever for your own good. I hit you with hammer. Oh, you know what I mean? He does it, it again. Because always, he's always ready to kill. Always ready. But it, actually, there's a, another case that was very similar uh, of a man named Richard Klinkheimer. Uh-oh. Who, uh, his wife, Hannelore, vanished in 1991. He was a Dutch crime author. Okay. Who did the same thing. Essentially, he murdered his wife and no one knew what happened. So his wife disappeared. Uh, and so no one knew what happened. So, But Klinkhamer showed up at his pub- publisher and said, oh, I've written this book. It's called, it's, it's basically seven ways in which someone can kill their wife and then dispose of the body. And oh, one of my the ways, God. They, they want to get the bu- caught. They want to get caught at this point. Well, I honestly believe, we've talked about this many times on the show, about how they want everyone to see how clever they are. Ugh. And so his book was called Von Stank Gehockt Duck, which meant <laughs> Wednesday Mince Day. And it was this de- detailed exploration of seven ways in which Klinkhammer could have conceivably have killed his wife, Hanalor. In one of the scenarios set out in the book, he disposes of her body by pushing her flesh through a mincer and feeding it to pigeons. Wow. And to basically pigeons? Find, to pigeons. Pigeons yeah, like bread. I don't fucking know. It's Our European. Pit. These yeah. are European ideas. Okay. And so what ended up happening is, is that so she disappeared. He went on to go move in with the chick into in Amsterdam, had a great time, you know, living his life. Very, very bad drinker. 
uh, very abusive husband to her, abusive to this new girlfriend. Someone moved into his old house. They decided they wanted to renovate. They dug up the backyard. They found a gigantic concrete square with his wife's body in it. And basically, he went to jail after that. So she wasn't minced, though? No. Okay. Well, at least he didn't do it like that. That reminds me of... uh the little read, the reading folder there, the little inside folder reader thing that you used to get with CDs. Remember uh, 2000? Liner notes? Liner notes. Remember 2000 Slappy Hours or something like that? It was Green Oh, Day. yeah, 2039 Smooth Out Slappy Hours, yeah. Yeah, they, they had that story in there about a guy who killed his parents and put him down. Very similar to uh, what Dennis Nielsen did, as a matter of fact. Maybe that's where the, the inspiration was. Put him down in the uh, garbage disposal. Before Columbine, there oh my were many, God. I remember how many times we would read things that yeah. were sort of about killing your parents. And, I know. And then after and now Columbine. we can't even joke no. about it anymore. It's unbelievable. Columbine ruined everything. Um, all right. Well, interesting I'll story. I'll say it again. I'll say it again, and I'll, I'll drink when I say it next time. Um, so interesting. A lot of these authors out there are murderers. If I find out Tom Clancy is a secret spy, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> very Collusion. Upset. Collusion with the Russians, which collusion. is also sentences. I don't even know what any of it means anymore. I don't know. I don't know what collusion is. I know it means technically, isn't it cooperating? Technically, we collude. This podcast is us colluding. We are is making. It? We are making a show. We have, we have colluded to make a podcast. It's very loose. Um, all right. <laughs> well, there it I, is. I can't trust a full-on author. Well, they're like, always and thinking. Honestly, I'm getting, we've been getting a lot of hash and a lot of mess from people saying that we're not working on the book, and we're working on the book. We're working on the book? What do you mean we're not working on the book? No, it's we amazing. We do stuff. I mean, it's not maybe to the extent that Marcus works on the book where maybe— you Have, you, have you tried— he, Charleston Heston, when he was giving his NRA speech, holding that gun, and he's like, from my cold, dead, old, racist hands. That would be easier. It would be easier to get that gun out of his hands than it is to get Marcus to not work on the book. Yes, he loves he, that book. It's, it's in his hand. It's in his little claws. Click, 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 click. We're but I'm really afraid stuff. for the, we're supposed to write 10 chapters, so you know it's going to, I'm just, as long as we don't get an 11th chapter mm-hmm. that says like, how we could maybe go about Killing all the girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I mean, then we know right. that he's gone too far, and he needs yes. he needs an uh, an outreach. Well, yes, absolutely, but I don't think he's going to go too far because he's got little Georgie over there, his cute dog, keeping him sane. Well, but what if Georgie's telling him to do it? Well, that's, I don't oh, know about man, Georgie. Well, yeah, I mean, point. I of course I haven't met Georgie. I've met Georgie. I love Georgie, but at the same time, I don't know what he says to Marcus in private when he says stuff to me. When he builds me up, she says something like, "You're the king, daddy." Daddy, you got to get out there and you shake it up. You fucking, you keep it too real uh-huh. to be ignored out there, Daddy. Right. I'm just like, you got it, Wendy. You know I Dude, will. She's uh, like, don't kill today, Daddy. I need you to come back. Is, You're right, Wendy. Maybe Wendy has to go outside to go to the bathroom or something. Oh, she goes out quite a bit. I take her, we take her out four times a day. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, she's always saying she's very uplifting and she never says anything violent. That's great. I'm happy that you don't enjoy... I mean, you know, well, but you know what's, she's not talking. You do know that. No, no, she's talking. I can, I can translate what she's saying to me, but from her eyes. Okay. Um, All right. Well, speaking of animals, we got a sad story here. Now, I don't like this one one bit. It involves uh, a serial cat killer. 
He's suspected of a string of multiple murders, cat murders, that is. And he's not just murdering these cats. He's mutilating the cats. And how is he like, how is he mutilating them? Well, the latest feline aside victim. Now, it's a cat. It's a tabby cat named Harley was found dead, found at 10 a.m. on the front lawn of a home near Decatur Street. And apparently the residents found it and it was uh, it was mutilated. And I don't even know if he like put it in like a cross form or something, but he's putting all these things in public view. So this Ugh. cat was uh, taken from her home and uh, and then again found on the front yard of the neighbor's house. So it's not as if this person is trying to, uh, you know, hide the crimes or make it seem like, you know, the cats are just running away. He wants everyone to know there's a serial cat killer on on their hands. I wonder what kind of motivation that is besides to be completely frank a, a massive uh cry for help because i i feel like there's a lot of people now that's a one thing about our audience now more than ever before true crime audiences and people there's so many more people educated about true crime and the oh, yeah. nature of serial killers so i wonder if they now know almost in a way if i'm showing people i'm killing these animals will someone come and help me yeah, maybe. that That's a good point. Apparently, Harley was a 20-year-old cat. He was deaf. Uh, Kathy Harrigan told uh, the station, I believe that's the owner, she says he was deaf. He had found a place under a tree in our yard, so we took him in, built him a house, and kept him warm over the next couple of winters. There's no way he would have would have ever been an indoor cat or we would have brought him inside. They went to bed in the, and they went to bed and they woke up in the morning and the cops knocked on their door and they said, "Are you missing a cat?" And then they said, "Oh, I guess we are." And it was found mutilated in the front yard. And now there's a, it's, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's brutal. I feel like it's I feel like on some level, if I was a police officer, I'd be like, "Yeah, we saw your cat get hit by a car." I mean, like you just lie to him and you just and then you take the ornate 7 style yeah, splaying of the cat down. Oh my god! And then god. you just and you keep that to yourself, and you don't tell everybody that there's somebody out there that's reenacting Vincent D'Onofrio's The Cell, but with Garfield. <laughs> like if it's like a, a horrible oh my crossover. God. But if it was Garfield, you know that the the obese guy who gets to die in a bit, I think a bunch of ravioli or something. If it's Puffin, my little Pomeranian, or Garfield, they'll never die. Are you guys familiar with deer jacking? What the hell is deer no. jacking? Deer jacking is when you shine a, a light into a deer's eyes. It makes them freeze, and then, yeah, you, you, shoot, then you shoot them with a gun. But no. it's like when it's out of season, when it's when it's not that hunting, ain't right. that ain't right. Well, I just went to Greenwich, New York, which is a town of about okay. a thousand people. Is this where you? What did you do there? I went four wheeling. What are you doing? Went, you know he went, went, hel- awesome. he went into a helicopter as well. No, he's Whoa. going to die. Die. Why are you living like the rock? But so. <laughs> <laughs> If we see you on a skyscraper. So, my, so Sarah and I, we, we passed by this guy and he waved at us and uh, she said, oh, that's the guy who uh, almost got in trouble for deer jacking in the town. So apparently this guy had a happy family and then on one of his birthdays, uh, mm. his wife left him, gave gave him divorce papers Uh-oh. and then mm-hmm. he became a notorious deer jacker in the town of Greenwich. He started shooting deers and mutilating their bodies and leaving them out for people to see. Really? And the they almost fine. called the authorities on him. But everyone was sort of sympathetic to his. I mean, <laughs> to, you, you to get getting broken up. It's a with, cry for help. Well, you get you get a, a month. 
You get one month to mourn like that, I think. But yeah, and he also, yeah, he like mutilated coyotes and it was just <sighs> him reacting to getting divorced. Wow. And he, he eventually stopped, and now he, now he's the guy you wave to on the street. Oh, now he's good again. Yeah, but he stopped. I, I you. All right, so y'all, I'm not doing it anymore. No, I'm <laughs> each person he meets. But there was a rash of coyote mutilations and deer jackings in Greenwich because of this guy's divorce. Well, th- this is according to the owner of this little tabby cat. She says it's really kind of terrifying. T- terrified does it stop with cats and then the fact that this person had laid the body out for everyone to see is really disturbing so who knows i mean what well, this is in seattle we are uh, in uh, olympia olympia washington so, is it kelsey grammar no i feel like if there's anybody out there that would that has a cross to bear when the fact that we've got murphy brown reboot coming out oh. we've got the the last man standing reboot coming out he's been heavily heavily petitioning to get a Frasier really but but I don't think it's happening because of his reputation and his history and every single bit of tragedy and horrible shit that seems to follow him Um, but he's uh, maybe it's him I will say this Frasier holds up no need I don't like the reboots anyway there's a new show out there just waiting to be birthed just I'll tell you what no cat is safe until Fraser Crane can go back on the airwaves. Well, put him back on the air. You know what he really should have I want to be done? the beast again. Oh, he was great as the beast. He should have really just become a psychiatrist on the radio in real life. I would listen to Fraser's radio show every day. Lean in. Why not? Oh, yeah. Look at this. Uh, this is what, uh, to, in order to keep Kelsey Grammer from cheating, his current wife made him get a crotch tattoo of her name. <laughs> and so he but says he's here. Not see it. Yes, he said here. My wife said, why don't you get a tattoo? I guess it was sort of based on the idea that if I ever I thought maybe a peccadillo outside the marriage was a good idea, that whoever might be, you know, seeing this particular piece of equipment <laughs> was already signed and owned by someone named Kate. <laughs> What if he has an affair with a girl named Kate? And then she'd be like, you knew all along. <laughs> and then he's like, you want to see my crucifix filled with pets? Oh, my God. It's a crucifix garden. Does that make it better if I call it a garden? I mean, I think that is what you call a group of crucifixes together. Maybe. Could be. If you are, if you're the cops here, right? Like, first of all, you round up all the 12-year-old boys like the penguin uh, rounded up the kids in Batman Returns, and you just really you just say who did it, right? I mean that's kind of fifteen and under, ten to fifteen years old. That's the I mean it's it's one of those it's one of the kids in the town, don't you think? It could be, or it could be. To be honest, I mean what we saw with Klu Klinsky, what we see with many people is that true crime enthusiasts are so big now that I honestly really wonder if it's not just a thirty year old podcaster. Hey, could be, I guess so. Or is it suicide? Have we thought about that, ladies and gentlemen? Depression in cats. Well, that's it. <laughs> it ain't right. What if it's a cat serial killer? That would be. If we, if we find out it's an actual cat, I don't even know. Do they make cats? That's our fucking show. <laughs> that would make That's it. our, honestly, that's, I'm going to fucking pitch that show, which is the idea of like Heathcliff, but Heathcliff, that world of Heathcliff is being like hunted by a cat that is like a f- juicy, horrible serial killer with like oh. a Dennis Nelson dancing with other, like, like fucking the heads of other dead cats and shit. Oh. Oh, my God. 
Um, all think right. about it. So there is a $3,000 reward being offered for any information that leads to the arrest. And also, this was just kind of a funny little side note. The name of this, this is a local Fox News station, Q13. An anchor for Q13 also offered up $1,500 as a reward after Ollie was found mutilated. And this is what uh, anchor David Rose tweeted. He said, uh, she was strangled and sliced upon. To the sixth suspect, I have a particular set of skills, and I will find you. I can read from a teleprompter, and I can put the shoes on and pants and shirt on that are left for me to wear each day. And so if you are somewhere within 10 feet of a teleprompter, I will be able to see you. Yes, no no more alpha male. I love all these alpha male tweeters out there. To the sixth suspect, I have a per- what particular set of skills does this news anchor have, by the way, to find someone who mutilates cats? What set of skills would go into, uh, would, would be needed to find someone who skins cats and murders cats? I have, I have no six I- cats, and I can tell when a cat is crying for help. And I listen every night. I sit perched on my roof corner like a gargoyle, listening to the <laughs> cries of cats to see which... Which are in danger. <laughs> There's such a very, very cocky, um, very cocky news anchor there. Also in dog news, a former GOP leader allegedly kills his mom's dog and claims he received a command to do it from God. So that's kind of strange there. I don't think he any- never does that. It's never no. that. It's never asking to do that. It's always asking to save a dog. Save a dog instead of killing a dog. That's right. He's a former leader of the Republican Party in South Carolina. His name is, is Todd Kincannon. He's also a former lawyer. Uh, Kincannon's mother, who has not been named, told the police she was absolutely terrified when her son allegedly began attacking the dog, uh, Bailey, with his bare hands. And uh, he was needlessly mutilated. He was choked and stabbed. And uh, the lawyer was found bloody outside of his parents' home in nothing but his underwear with cuts on his arms and hands. And also, he was covered in dog hair. So uh, Why is he like this? I don't know why he did it. He says, this is according uh, to him, I guess. He says, I know I'm, this, I know I'm the second coming of Christ, and I got a command from God to do it. That's what he said. This man... You got to look at this dude, Todd Mc, T- Tob, Todd King Cannon, the second coming of Christ. I uh, hate his face. <laughs> he looks like Haley Joel Osment if he shaved. Yeah. He's got one of those big, like, used to be a TV actor heads, and he's got lost eyes, and just the idea of killing a dog. Like, what oh would possess God. you? Well, he what also- would possess you to kill a fucking dog? Like, honestly. He's got a little bit of a, a Chapman look, too, doesn't he? He's he kind does. of got a portly little face. My goodness. Hey, yeah, he's got a he's got a horrible he's got a horrible horrible face. So that is this week in animal mutilation news. Hopefully next week we won't have to cover it. But I'm going to say Todd King Cannon is the worst person of the week. And not to steal a Keith Oberman bit. Oh, he was so funny. He would say, you're the worst person of the week. But he never said he was the worst person of the week. Man in the mirror glass houses. That's how I feel. I feel like Keith Oberman maybe could have just said it to Because honestly, though, he is saying it to himself. Anybody's calling anybody else the worst the worst man of the week is obviously themselves thinking they are, in fact, the worst man of the week. They must be. They must be. That's what I think. Right. I actually, one last little animal okay. news I have is uh, this rake 
a character called a rake, which okay. is a weird monster. It was captured on film oh. stalking a moose in the Canadian wilderness. I saw it that. It is a very fun, quirky, like, it's a good little video. And you should look it up. Essentially, it looks like a fucking golem. Mm-hmm. And um, it is a, a very... It's a very creepy little creature, and it's a fun little video because you see this moose, no mm-hmm. clue what's happening behind nope. it. In the video behind it, you see this sort of, I'm going to say, akin to a Jeff Goldblum-like character staring at him <laughs> from the, the edge of the forest. Like very mid, thin. Yeah, Goldblum mid-fly, right before. He's still a little yes. human, but he's now really becoming a fly. He technically is closer to a Steve Buscemi. Yeah, because it's got very pale to the point where being very like almost gray. Right, the rake is not really a character. It's not a real thing, except for a fact there was a a, a weird uh, a mariner's log that was found in ni- 1691, hmm. which was a care with just this. Uh, it was basically a mar- It was a story written in the 1800s, which described the rake, and which is the way you could see it in the video is it having hollow black eyes and being terrifying in nature. In 1964. A suicide note was written in which the author claims to have committed suicide due to repeated encounters with the rake and the fear that the creature will torment him horribly. Oh, and my. so it's this kind of there's a couple of creepy pastas around it, and it's a it's a it's a character that's just out there. Well, and I tell you what, he's got a skinny little ass. Uh, he yeah, he definitely does. Now, do they have they tried to debunk the video at all? Because it's a great video. And did uh, they the, debunk it? Did they find? Technically, the- you sent me this video. Yes. Um, and it was from the Fox News website, and it's just like, they kind of like hit the, they kind of like fucking uh, roast this guy, <laughs> where essentially they say like, uh, there was something about how, uh, what it's just like, they asked the guy, it's like, oh, can you tell me what it is? Oh, like, the video, which has been viewed more than 30, the video, which has been viewed more than 30,000 times, was posted by André Tangue Frechette, who was unable to explain the footage, likely due to the fact that the monster is not real. Ah, oh, pieces of shit. Classic. Then why are you False doing it? News. Why are you showing the video? Right. If you're going to be upset, this is where, I mean, honestly, Travis got me mad about it. Yeah, good, good, Travis. It's just funny because it's like two paragraphs in, they're saying like, this shit isn't real. And then below it is uh, a bunch of clickbait like, this baby deer's reaction to the man who saved her will make you shit your pants. Oh, well, <laughs> that's good. That's just good entertainment. All right. Well, yeah, check out that video. I don't know why they're debunking it. I want to see proof that it's not real. But it's very cool, nonetheless. I mean, if they got their like skinny drunk buddy to dress up like that and go scare the moose, one of these days he's going to die. I will say, on my deathbed, when I finally get the cancer that's coming, if the heart attack doesn't kill me first, what a fun way to go. Creeping people out, all thin, no hair, walking around mm-hmm. in the woods going... <laughs> and just, you could be somebody else's monster. Henry, like, you can... That's At some point, you just do that, and you don't want to scare people, but, like, everyone is just repulsed by you because then they have to confront the inevitable uh, fate that we're all going to die, and you are the living embodiment of death at that point so you're gonna freak out people bro don't even worry about it yeah yeah just me sitting in the bed yeah Yeah. just you being just you demanding soup and just like needs his needs an iv you know because uh his blood needs to be thinned it's coming out pretty chunky like borscht i will put it this way by that point my blood will be so thick that i could use a thin yeah i could use a thinning agent because even at that today i feel like this yes from hours of partying um, all right, guys. Well, I think that's those are basically some of the fun stories of the week. 
I love these stories. Keep sending us stories. Yes. I got the Chinese author story from a listener. I got the, I mean, you said, like, you sent the the Mysterious Monster video, but I will obviously, I love, like, I have a couple of the weird, like, rapid holy type stuff that I'm going to go down. This thing called Cultural Layers, which I'm going to go down (laughs) and see what the fuck this is. It's already, I could see the, uh, on Reddit, our cultural layer, the first thing it says is, uh, wow, this is beginning to be scientifically proven. And it's a video that says Pyramid of Giza has own energy source oh we gotta get Which into i don't that. know if it's real or not i want to see what this youtube video well, even links to it comes from rt america oh russian television it's got to be real i think <gasps> no get off the network. get off the computer no <laughs> no they got me again no and Schultz this is all about the election. It, was great, it was a great anchor speaking of anchors um yeah and dm me you can just dm me on at ben kissel one on instagram dm me some of those stories too because you know i poke around there and uh, and I will look at them, and that's actually very helpful because uh, there's so many stories, it's almost hard to, to keep track of them all. So, All right, so our cultural layers, I just want to say, for studying and organizing evidence of historical and chronological manipulations, hoaxes, and cataloging instances of anomalous soil accu- accumulation and the implications of a very recent Earth-spanning catastrophe. I think it's the idea that um, things are a lot older than they say they are. There's a lot of there's a lot of talk about it, so I'm going to get into deep into this, and I just wanted to check, make sure that I'm not... A, that's a problem with stumbling upon a new, like, deep dive of thoughts is like I never want to all of a sudden like I'm in neo-Nazi territory now he's got a <laughs> I don't know man you're back. on Reddit you're going to get it seems like it always goes there I don't know why but I you can start like researching my little pony you go through a brony territory and then the bronies become an incel and the incels are now becoming Nazis and then all of a sudden you're it's like, like ah, yeah, I don't I'm know. just trying to have fun I'm just trying to have broad interests well did you okay? see that I just spe- want to know new stuff I was trying to learn more about the Al Sutra and yeah. all the Nordic religions, and they've oh. all been taken by the neo Nazis too. They've been and totally just want the little hammer emblem. That's yeah. all I wanted. Nope, can't do it anymore, man. We I talk- can't wear my Burzum shirt because of the murders. Yeah, well. that's my fault. I should never purchase the shirt. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, all right, everyone. Find uh, Henry's Dr. Fantasty. Henry loves you. Whatever on. the fuck it is you want to do. I don't Honestly, care. I mean, just stay on Instagram, I guess. It's also on my face. It's all just, it's just. You know what that. I'm going to do? All, why do we, do we, I, technically we have to um, plug it because we yeah. are the only people that support us. In and, terms uh, of. <laughs> of course. I had a chance to interview Ben Westhoff on Abel Against Top Hat about fentanyl. And we also interviewed him for our Patreon. Patreon, all about uh, original gangsters. The book that he wrote about Biggie and Tupac, and only the only thing he does is email. And I think he's like, you can sign up for my email list. And I haven't heard email list in like a decade. And I was like, you know, that's so fun. It's like the Pony Express of our time. Should we do that? Should we go back that and we can make a web series about what it's like living in New York and being a comedian? Like that's a, so other <laughs> two thousand six things. I don't do know it. why I'm not successful. I've got my email list. I have a YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> YouTube. You, YouTube. iTube. You, YouTube, because it's mm. a part is that you do the tube. Oh. <laughs> oh well, my. this has been wonderful. Again, remember, if you're living and not laughing, mm. then you're not loving. That's true. And if you're living and loving, you're going to be laughing. At the afterwards, hopefully. Um, yeah, are you talking about in heaven? Are you talking about after you're fucking dead? No, when well, you're dead, know. there's radio silence. You think there's so? no living, laughing, or learning? I'm or loving. Talk. I am going to talk through a microphone. I think you can do it. Energy. I'm going to zip zap around and just go make like uh, you know different kind of noises. And I'm going like to bury that. you with a microphone up your asshole like it's a mafia hit. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that'll be nice. All right. Fuckers. Okay, everyone. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Oh, right. do, do what it takes to get a little bit of Satan in your life this week. Sure. Talk to you soon. <laughs>